Hello. Hey, Jonathan. This is Alan. Welcome to the Nerd and Me podcast. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about Thor Ragnarok. There will be spoilers. Uh, and welcome to our show. This is, this is going to be our first show on Anchor. And hope you enjoyed and keep on and subscribe and listen to us. So, to, uh, movie, Jonathan, what did you think of Thor Ragnarok? Your, your first impression. No, 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 let's go back. Did you have any expectations of this movie before this movie came out? Uh, I, I didn't have any expectations. Uh, I'm I'm really happy with the uh, track record that Marvel has set. Um, I've learned not to have expectations because I had very negative expectations for Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant Man because I know them to be very lower tier characters, and I'm like, there's no way they're gonna pull this off, but they did. Right. So uh, I, I don't go into these movies anymore thinking anything less than that they're gonna be fun. Um, you know, they might not be great stories or well-written or plotted well, but I'll tell you what, man, they're never not fun. Uh, I, I think we got to give our listeners a little bit uh, background in regards to who we are in a sense of how we rate our movies. So let me ask you this. In your opinion, what would you say Marvel's top three movies are? No order, just top three. So they, so so we're on the same page. If you say Ant-Man's your top one, then I think I would like not listen to this podcast anymore. If I said Ant-Man was top one, yeah, I wouldn't talk to you. Okay. I, mean, I would listen to you. Then I would, I would think your opinion is garbage. <laughs> well, I appreciate you throwing twenty-five years of friendship out the window because I like. <laughs> All right, so but, yeah, uh, I want to know what would what would your top three. Marvel movie, and, and I'm talking Marvel starting from Iron Man 1. Obviously. Yeah, that's um, going to be the, the beginning. Well, look. Uh, Which one? Well, I, all right. Top three, not one, two, three order, but definitely my top three favorites. Well, we, okay. now you're now seeing I'm going to get semantics with you. We talk of favorites or like that I feel are good movies, like really good movies. So I'm going to throw these out there and we'll figure it out. Winter Soldier, obviously. Right. Okay. Don't say Winter Soldier. I'm ending this 25 year friendship. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely Winter Soldier is up there. I, I right. and I hate to do two cat movies, but I loved Civil War. Right. Um. And my third one, I don't know, man. I mean, I enjoy. I honestly enjoy all of these movies, and I want to put Guardians one up there, but then I'm thinking. Man, seeing the Avengers together for the first time—that was like, I mean, you know, as a kid growing up, that was that was orgasmic. It really was. It was something. Right. It was something you never thought you'd see outside of a cartoon, and that's right. that's what makes a lot of those cartoons that we'll eventually be talking about in future podcasts, yeah, um, such wonderful things because we we got it gave us these opportunities to see these heroes we read about together and in 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 two D at least, but now they're fully embodied by actors who do great jobs and respect the characters. So, all right, I'll go top three. It's going to go Avengers, um, Winter Soldier, and, yeah, Civil War. Okay, I I like those. I, I agree with you. Man, Winter Soldier was really good. That was really good. So that, yeah. that's going to be my, my top, not, not one of three, but I think that's my favorite Marvel movie. Number two, I will say Guardians only because I – I enjoyed that movie. I remember, I had, like you said earlier, I had really low expectations. I thought this would be Marvel's first bomb. You know, you and I have been reading comic books for a while, and I, you know, and I, I kind of dabbled in Guardians of the Galaxy back in like the mid '90s, and 
when I heard they were coming out with a movie, I was like, what are they doing? And I was blown away. And this performance was fantastic. So I, I, that's my top. My third, I'm kind of stuck with you. Uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of top ones. But if I had to give the third, I think I may go with Iron Man 1. You know, here's the thing. I'm not an, I was never an Iron Man guy. And I just remember watching that movie and being, and just thinking to myself, holy cow, they actually pulled off. They, they, they pulled off a legitimate comic book movie that, that I thoroughly enjoyed. So, I mean, like, geez, like, even when I, when I go back and rewatch Iron Man, I, I actually kind of get impressed with it, you know? Right. And again, picking Robert Downey, I, I, I thought, Wow, that's an interesting choice because you know prior to that Iron Man movie, I mean he you know you you heard about it in the news for bad press, for things that he's done, mm-hmm. and not really for his acting chops. Right. And man, after Iron Man, his, his he totally turned his life around and stuff. So and he he me he made me like Iron Man, you know. Right. And, 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 yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, I'm I'm with you with the. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to change my top three, but I'm right. m- much respect for me for a lot of the same reasons. A Never dug him as a comic book character, and right. You know, I've been reading since '83, probably, and right. never. You know, he was always there. I, I even bought his book for a while, but he he was just never top of my pile kind of guy. You know, right. Um, I think what Marvel did with Iron Man is something spectacular in the sense that no one thought it would work, and I think what a lot of people forget is. Do you remember what movie came out in 2008 at the same time as Iron Man? No. Another superhero movie? Uh, was it Superman Returns? No. It was probably up to that point the best superhero movie ever made. And some might argue it still is the best superhero movie ever made. It's The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight came out that summer. Did it really? It came out summer of 2008. Wow. That, now, that was here's the thing. I'm pretty sure Iron Man came out 2008. If not, this whole premise is screwed but i guess i guess the, <laughs> i guess our listeners will let us know um where i'm wrong and i will be wrong so you know go easy on me with the uh sure you know, with the uh criticisms um but i believe it's the same year and when when you walked out of dark knight did you think there'd ever be a better superhero movie or even something compatible or that marvel would make it <laughs> you know you really didn't think that back then dark knight had a different vibe to me I mean, they they took a, uh, a a different angle. I mean, they really made. I mean, to me, Batman. Like, so when I watched Dark Knight, it, it it didn't feel like a superhero movie to me. It just felt like, wow, what if Batman actually like were a real person and Gotham was a real thing? You know, it, it had that vibe to me because Batman is more of a. He is more of a. He's. It sounds crazy. I think he's more of a grounded hero. He's he's he has his flaws, but he doesn't have superpowers. His superpower is he's rich, is what it is. Right. You know, and it just so happens something bad happened to him. But uh, did I think? Did I think Mar like there would be another good superhero movie? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I was that. I'm not gonna say pessimistic, but I, I think I was definitely more optimistic about what Marvel was gonna do. Uh, <laughs> People think I'm crazy. I like Blade. I know that's not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I remember watching Blade for the first time and thinking, whoa, this is a Marvel property. We, You and I both knew that, and we pulled it up, and I was thinking, whoa, this can be done. Right. You know? and, and I think Blade came out before Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, Blade – here's the thing. Blade kind of kicked off this whole 
new genre of superhero movies because yeah took, and he doesn't get a lot of love took, and it, you're right you're right they took a very yeah. very uh, unknown character uh but you know at the time what's this was very hugely popular so they you know they scored with that but everyone else in that movie wasn't unknown uh right. and they made a great movie and then they made a second great movie i mean i, I mean we could fight about this is another podcast about which is better blade one or blade two but i think blade two is fantastic and that, was good. the thing about the success of Blade gave uh, the studios the confidence to greenlight an X-Men movie. And, and that X-Men came out in 2000, and I think Blade 1 came out in 98, maybe? 97, 98? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Blade is Blade's the unofficial beginning of this, I guess, golden age of comic book movies. Uh, because X-Men gave them um, uh, you know, the the the, the the confidence to do Spider-Man, which gave them the confidence to do Fantastic Four, want, want. And, um, <laughs> you know, and somewhere along the lines, Marvel realized, hey, let's stop giving away our characters and try to make movies with our own characters and, and, and keep the money, um, and, right. and which eventually led to Iron Man. Yeah, remember, Iron Man, if Iron Man came out in 08, again, I'm not sure, but I think I'm right. Uh, if Iron Man came out in 08, it was uh, only eight years after X-Men 1, and um, I'm going to date I'm going to date uh, Spider-Man at 2002 because I remember I had to make a lot of changes to the poster after 9-11. Right, um, yeah. So you're talking six years after Spider-Man 1. So that's right. not a lot of time. Right. Um, okay, so we're going to go back to Thor Ragnarok. Right. So, so if you kind of agree with our top three, then then maybe you'll kind of agree with our taste in uh, movies and comic books. Or obviously, we're com- we are complete experts in this topic. No. <laughs> I love this <laughs> Okay, just, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah so you said you that. didn't have. What was it? Say anything else. I, I just want to say this one thing. Yeah, I, I, we don't view movies like auteurs. We go in there for the fun of it. What we liked, what we didn't like, and that's where my reviews coming from. I'm not going to talk about, you know, the hero's journey or the setting up of the sh- shots and things like that. Look, did we like the movie? Why we like the movie? Boom. Everybody's different. Everybody's gonna have their own opinion. And this is what we're going for. Yeah, I'm not even giving a review. I'm just going to say what I like about the movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do remember watching the trailer of, of Thor Ragnarok and the very first trailer, trailer. And I was blown away. You know how, like, how they filmed it? Um, you know, they were playing some Led Zeppelin right. right in the background. And I was blown away. I was actually thinking, well, I'm actually like excited to watch this because – of the Thor, right? So we have three Thor movies. To me, I thought this was the best of the three. Oh, I mean, that's look. That's obviously the best one. Um, you know, they're 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 getting into this pattern where the the first movie is the origin movie, which you know they they can be very good, but um, you know they spend a lot of time setting up who these heroes are and their characters. Um, you might not get as much action as you will in the sequel. Uh, so Thor one was a very serviceable um, action movie. Uh, first movie, I thought. Uh, Thor 2, again, I enjoyed Thor 2. It's not something I watch often. I, I won't, re- you know, I don't put it in the DVD player uh, very often, but, you know, if it's on cable, I'll stop and watch. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Thor 3, with, as soon as you hear uh, uh, Robert Plant screaming in the immigrants, you know <laughs> this is a different movie. You know you're not getting yeah. a Thor movie like you've gotten already. Uh, you, right. you still don't know what it's going to be, but look, the trailer was full of humor. Um, I mean, the the fact that they 
kind of blew that, not blue, but that they gave you that scene in that first trailer of him and the Hulk in the arena. You, right. What stoked you more than that? Because the best part of Avengers was Thor and, and Hulk fighting, and even when they were fighting together, and they, they stopped, and, and Thor and, and Hulk punched Thor across the room. I mean, it was great. So, yeah. Oh, that was fantastic, where Thor first sees Hulk. He goes, yeah. yes, you know, like, yeah, he's my coworker, yeah. you know, <laughs> and and I and I I like how they played off of that their relationship, you know. I I don't know if you've seen it, like they they had like a couple YouTube clips of of Thor and Bruce Banner, and Thor is like, hey, do, you know, did did Tony Stark call you? You know, how come they didn't call us for the Avengers um, and stuff? Civil War, yeah. And Bruce Banner is like, no, 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 no. You know, Tony's kind of busy. I don't really want to talk to you right now. You know, and they, they kind of like had that little buddy buddy system going between the right. two, and and, it, and I thought it worked pretty well. Well, look, they're great. Uh, one one of Marvel's greatest strengths is their casting. Um, I, I don't think they've gone wrong with with. I mean, I, I'd have to think a lot deeper, but off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone they've cast incorrectly in any of the major roles and uh, Mark Ruffalo brings a lot to uh, to Bruce Banner Hulk um, and they needed to they they needed look putting Hulk in the Thor movie was a genius idea because a who else could stand up to the power of Hulk right and right. B who else like the fact that Thor loves getting into these beat down scraps with the Hulk uh, just adds to it um so yeah, that first trailer really got me psyched, and uh, you know, like their movies, their trailers are really good too. Um, you know, I can't think of a Marvel trailer that's really gonna get me hyped for a movie yet. Uh, now, did you read? Um, uh, is it called Planet Hulk or World War Hulk? Did you read? I think that was well. There's Planet Hulk, and I think that morphed into World War Hulk. Pla- I, so, did you read? That was. I want to say that's. Pack, Greg Pack, yeah, uh, right? Yes, I believe that was him. Did you read I, that? I did read it. I read it, but I can't remember if it was Planet, if it was World War Hulk, and then Planet Hulk, or vice versa. It's been years. Um, it's been years, and I think when I read it, I I read it as a trade paperback, and I remember thinking, man, that was a cool story. It, even the whole fact of how he even got there, you know, like in, in the movie universe. You know, at the end of Avengers 2, he gets in the Quinjet and just kind of flies off. Right. Right. In the comic books, though, right, the, the major minds of Marvel, I think it was Fantastic Four, Doctor Strange, and a couple other guys, they purposely flew the whole right. out in space because he was a danger to mankind and stuff. And I thought, like, oh, my God, that is fantastic. Well, you know and then Hulk goes to this, you know, this gladiator-like world and stuff. And so that's kind of where that came about. So I, I thought it was pretty neat how they were trying to combine, it, you know, because Thor Ragnarok was definitely a storyline in comic books. And then how they kind of, like, meld the two, you know, that World War Hulk and Ragnarok in the same movie. I thought that was genius. Well, here's the funny thing. is because – and I loved World War Hulk and uh, um, Planet Hulk. I don't know if you remember this, but it's a total ripoff of a uh, late 80s, maybe mid 80s Hulk story in Hulk 300. I remember telling you about it once because you really loved the fact that um, these guest stars, like Spider-Man and Fantastic, all these all these heroes were guest starring in, in other books. Um, yeah, I remember oh, right, you, really, yeah. That was you really enjoyed about comics. Like you loved when Cap would pop up in a, in a Spidey book or something like that. And right. it was Hulk number 300. I remember because it was one of the first 
issues I ever got, and it's it's Black Suit Spider Man. The cover is Black Suit Spider Man. He's swinging like the Hulk's on the roof with like a girder or something in his hands, and, and the Spidey's uh, swinging toward him, and the Avengers are running toward the Hulk, and they're on the ground. And the premise is Bruce Banner's mind is gone, and they it's just a rampaging Hulk. So what they do is the heroes of New York fight him, and he beats the crap out of the heroes of New York. He it was man, it was such a good issue. But it resolves, <laughs> spoiler alert, it resolves with Doctor Strange sending him to another dimension. And then that changed the direction of the Hulk book because then it became just the Hulk going, like, I don't know how, but because I didn't really read it ongoing. But it, it changed right. from, you know, him being on the Earth and, you know, fighting with the banner persona to him being in other dimensions. And every issue, or every few issues, he'd be in a different dimension, meeting strange creatures and... It was, it was, it's kind of the same premise. He got banished from Earth, and he, he went through these adventures. So War uh, Planet Hulk becomes him being put on a planet and having an adventure. So it's kind of like a total ripoff. And Thor Ragnarok um, reminded me of a story from around the same time in Thor. It was called, uh, uh, it was about the cast of the Ancient Winters, um, where the winter box was opened up, and then winter was coming to Earth, and kind of the end of the world and all this stuff. But anyway... So it, you're right. It's great melding of the stories. It's it's great use of the source material, um, and I think that's what, what what Marvel does really well is too because they they understand they have this history, this wealth of stories to pull from that were written forty, thirty, fifty years ago. You know, but they yeah. know they have the wherewithal and the and the knowledge to say, hey, we don't have to follow these line for line, script for script. You know, we could take we could take sure. the meat off, off of these bones, like the, the best parts of these iconic stories and build something around them. And that's what they do, you know? Look, Avengers the movie, okay? The Chitauri were not introduced in the comic books until much, much after later after Avengers were formed. But the gist of it is Loki gets the Avengers together. He's he's the reason why right. they got together. That translates yeah. perfectly to the movie, you know? Even even Captain America's origin, which followed very closely to his comic book origin, um, even the changes they made were, you know, doesn't make that huge of a difference. I mean, because in the comics he went straight, he he didn't do that. Uh, you know, I'm a uh, I'm a figurehead, you know, to raise war bonds. He, in the comic, he went straight into the war, uh, but that yeah. didn't take away from the story. So Marvel is really good at that. You know, they 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 take this these old great stories that resonate with their with their older fans and they turn them into these great movies. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that half the world or actually more than half the yeah, world agree with right? this. <laughs> they make they make some good right. stuff. So um yeah, I thought Thor Ragnarok again, I, I went in with low expectations and and kind of leaving it again like all the Marvel movies way better than what I what I anticipated. And uh and it actually makes me feel all right, so we, we already said there's spoilers, right? Spoiler on this thing. Let and of, of course we've seen the movie already, so you know, I'm gonna I might I wanna pick pick your brain a couple of these things if if you don't mind. Uh some things to just kind of clarify. Why why was Thor's code name point break? Oh. Was that a, an inside joke to point break? Well the yeah movie? I think it was Avengers where um after Thor and Iron Man fight in the forest, and Cap 
I okay. think he says something. Then they're back on the helicarrier for the first time. Uh, Tony Stark walks by Thor, and he, he, he like, kind of pats him on the chest. And I don't know if he says, like, good punch or nice hammer or something. But he calls him point break. He's like, you know, nice hammer, point break, or, or nice punch or something like that. But he calls him point huh. break, you know, obviously with the long hair. Like, he looks like a surfer dude, I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, that one kind of almost went over my head. Yeah. I, no. I had to think about it. Well, I did not recall that little connection to the other Avengers movie. All right. The second thing. All right. So we saw the, the I think it's the first mid credit scene. Right. right? See, so you got Thor and Loki in their spaceship. What the heck did they see? That humongous spaceship. What well, it, was that? it's exactly that. The humongous spaceship with the. Uh, we have to. I think the audience has to make the assumption, uh, or, or yes, Thanos. You either make the assumption it's Thanos, or you're like, like you. What the hell is going on next? What's going to happen next? So, right. but my my, I interpret it as it's Thanos. Um, because you okay. got to remember, I assume that too. But uh, usually they offer a little. But this was just a, 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 a like. That was pretty right. cryptic, if you really know what's going on. So right. uh, those two things, I was kind of well, funny. Yeah. You, uh, other than that, I well, think you it's bring that cool. up, and, and and I think that's and we're seeing this as each movie comes out. Uh, and any of the online criticism I read about these movies, because generally everybody agrees these are fun movies. Like, you know, if you if you're not taking a film class on them, everyone agrees these are just fun, likable movies that you can rewatch. Um, but as each movie comes out, the criticism I've been reading more often is that they're making these movies so that you have to have seen the other 16 before it to really understand everything. Well, You think so? Here, I mean, I bet you, you could probably, like, let's say you never watched Gardens of the Galaxy. I still think you can figure out what the whole, I mean, like, they do talk about Infinity Stones for sure. But like all these other movies is just procuring those particular stones. But I don't like, for example, if you eliminate Guards of the Galaxy from your mind, I think you could still. And then you watch Thor Ragnarok; it would still make sense. Well, I think. Yeah, I, I just think. All right, maybe I was overstating when like you had to have seen all sixteen. But I, I think. I think people are just critiquing just for the sake well, of critiquing. Yeah, but, you I'm know, not, like people are looking for problems, even though I they're think no it's problems. an honest criticism because. Um, I don't think it's a huge criticism, but I think it's an honest one in the sense that you do need some foreground uh, background knowledge before you see some of these movies. And is that the thing is, I'm not in the, I personally don't feel like I'm positioned to say no, that's a wrong critique, just because I've seen I've seen all the movies. So I don't know if I'm the person to say no, you don't have to see all the movies to get them. Because I I, I would say that you can. I think it's a harsh critique in the sense that, again, I, I still buy into if I didn't see Thor 2, right? Because they're not really – in Thor 2, they're not really saying I'm looking for – what was the name of the, the, the red – The Aether um, or Aether. Yeah. The Aether. They don't really say that's a stone, right? right? I mean that, that's kind of straightforward. Though it is – I mean let's say if you did watch all the movies, well, then you know your your idea and picture of the whole – the grand story is just going to be a little bit clearer than others. But I wouldn't say you need to watch. Again, if you skip Thor 2, you can still get – you know, you can still follow the whole uh, Thanos storyline, I think. I'm pretty sure you can. Again, Guardians of the Galaxy, you can definitely get away. I mean Guardians, they really specifically say 
this is a stone. I mean, they actually specifically right. say it, you know, but, but I think you can probably skip some. I think if you're following the Avengers storyline, maybe it has more water to it, you know. But um, going on that logic, because the Guardians of the Galaxy, first one, is where we, yeah, they call it a stone. The, um, not the Grandmaster, the Collector goes through, you know, these stones were made by these Celestials and they hold all this power. If you just see Guardians, you don't know what the Tesseract means. You don't know um, what that, that jewel in Vision's head means. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I still don't think you need to know it. You know why? Because when I read, you know, so this, I'm talking comic book lore. When I read the trade paperback in Infinity Gauntlet, no I, didn't, no, I got it as issue number one, all right? So I remember when you start off that book, he already has the Infinity Gauntlets, right? And it didn't matter to me how he got it. And actually, I don't even believe they talk about how he got it, if I recall. Right, Infinity Gauntlet number one, George Perez drew it. Who, was, wrote uh, it? Uh, who wrote it? Um, I know Ron Lim was the artist. He became the artist eventually, but George Perez did the first. Come on, we should know this one. This is a big name. It I'm wasn't Mark sure Wade, was it? No. no, he wasn't that cool then. Yeah. All right, anyway, to what I was saying is when Infinity Gauntlet number one came out, it starts off with, I think, him talking to death, and he already has the glove already. So I think, let's say you didn't watch any of these Marvel movies and, and the Infinity War comes out. I, I think you, you, it's still, you can still run with it a little bit, I well, think. Well, it hasn't come out yet, so I'll Well, anyway, I agree with you. I watch all the movies, so yeah. I'm a, yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to say you probably don't need to see, but it, it definitely, it does fill in a lot of the holes and stuff. But, but I, I think I want to definitely, well, I think Guardians is the only one that we really go after a specific stone. You know, all the other ones, it's it's kind of like alluded to that it is a kind of a right. stone. I mean, you know, even even Cap- in Captain America, what was the name of that? Uh, the the King- Tesseract. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, I mean, they don't really specifically no. say that. No, it, it's, story, only, right? it's only until Avengers Age of Ultron, I think, because now Thor speaks openly about them. And like, like he has knowledge about the stones and. And their power because he says in Ragnarok that he's been searching for the stones. You know what? I think when Winter Soldier came out, and correct me if I'm wrong, even even Thor, I don't think they even had the idea that they were going to do that Infinity Gauntlet plot, plot line until Avengers. Um, yeah, I'd have to see the chronology of when these movies came out. Uh, yeah, because I don't think they knew at the time what they were going to do. You know, maybe they had an idea they're going to have all the movies culminate into the Avengers right. and stuff, but I don't think they had that foresight to understand that. Uh, okay, well, I don't know who. What do I? Well, know? you know, maybe they were playing it from the very, very beginning. Well, who knows? Avengers but... Initiative was a throw online at the end credits of Iron Man, so we don't even know if they planned to do an Avengers. And then the right. and then the end credit right. scene for Avengers was Thanos. Right, you know, right. The, the, you know. Uh... Well, I think if they're throwing Thanos in there, you know they're going in. right. Because when I remember right. when I saw him right away, I'm like, oh my god! Right, no. They, they, when did, when, yeah, the when they decided to throw head. Thanos into Avengers, they knew what direction they were going to go. Um, right, right. But I don't know if they knew when they threw Sam Jackson at the end of Iron Man that they where they would end up. I really think that right, hoping, exactly. hey, let's hope this makes some money. We can get a nice trilogy out of it. You know? No, seriously. <laughs> I, I think it was something. 
Because you got to remember, so, the next so story that came out after that was the, was the Hulk with um, Ed Norton. And while it's good, I don't know, you know, it's not something I've watched often. So Thor Ragnarok, do they really talk about any Infinity Stone? They don't. No. The only time you actually get, the only thing you get is is that, that mid-credit scene. No, but no, because in the voiceover, Thor talks about, um, it's either the voiceover when he's telling the Hulk how he's been, you know, what he's been up to. He says something like, you know, right. I've, I've been searching for Infinity Stones or something like that. Yeah, he yeah, says I something guess. like that in the movie. Um, all right, all right. I'll, 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 I'll give you that. But it's not really and what the movie's about. Hella, Hella helped, helped correct a anachronism that they had in the movies. Because remember, uh, they had an Infinity Gauntlet in the vault on Asgard, and then one of, one of the... Right, and she goes, yeah, this is a fake. scenes when Sam was putting on an Infinity Gauntlet. So, uh, yeah, she got right. So they, that's yeah, how they, they fixed, fixed it. it. Was, I thought that was pretty clever. Um, all right, so let's talk about the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. I have a criticism of the movie. I thought okay. I thought it was too funny. I thought there were silly jokes. Uh, yeah. I thought it took away yeah. from – look, in my, look, I want these to be superhero action movies that, if they're funny, good. I don't want them to be funny movies that happen to be – Superhero action movies, you know. Sure. So I think they went. You can rightly say it's probably the funniest Marvel movie so far, but I don't know if that's a good thing to say. Yeah, I I think I, I share that that criticism as well. Yeah, it was funny. Maybe it was a little bit too much, especially if you if you watch Thor one, right. Thor two. Oh. I mean, they they weren't that funny. So seeing this was clearly it, different. But it had. It almost seems like they're they're almost thinking to themselves, "Wow, Guardians of the Galaxy was very successful, and there's a lot of humor in it. Let's do the same thing." Even the vibe, even the like the font of the movie, had like an '80s feel to it, didn't it? It did. You know, uh, like I think they're trying to get that now. Even I was a little confused. I'm like, "Wait a minute, why are they why are they having that '80s vibe to it? That has nothing. Like even the storyline well, didn't run. Well, even pre '80s. You know? Well. I, 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 let me rewind what I'm going to say. So um, I agree what you say about the 80s. And I've seen interviews with, and I'm going to screw up his name, the director. Uh, I'm not going to try it, but the director. They, they did, try now, it. Come on. Take, 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 uh, take a take a Watiti. Watiti. That gentleman who <laughs> made a fantastic movie and his name I can't say. Um, right. Interviews with him. He had the cast or the production crew um, watch Flash Gordon from the 80s. You remember Flash? Huh. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, um, no, and I actually some like... other movies. And he's like, this is what I'm going for. Because I, I, in the, interview I saw, the interviewer even asked him, goes, if Queen were alive, and, and the director cuts him off, he goes, I would have asked him to have written the soundtrack for this movie if Queen were still alive. He goes, gotcha. but, and he said he yeah. didn't want to use Flash because that belonged to Flash Gordon. You know what I mean? Um, sure. But he used Willy Wonka, yeah. which is just funny. He used the, the, the song for Willy Wonka. Um, yeah. In the movie. Uh, yeah, so he was going for that kind of 80s vibe. And if you notice on the planet, at least, a lot of it, the, the, the set design was very much inspired by Jack Kirby. Yeah. Yes. You can yes see Jack Kirby yeah. all up and down that planet, uh, which I love because right. I love that. Uh, anytime King Kirby gets some homage, I appreciate it. Yeah. That's nice. But again, I thought it was a little bit um, And I think it takes away a little bit from. Uh, um, how badass I think Loki is and can be. Um, 
Are you still there? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at this movie and the other two Thors, he's a totally different guy. Like, his persona is totally different. You know? Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's a little bit of departure of what we're normally seeing. I'm not right. saying I don't like it. I'm just saying that it's very different, you know? Um, I, I did like the, you know, thing. All right, so what, what did you like? What, what are some things that you like? Well, as an old school reader, I love the introduction of Valkyrie. Um, I love okay. the introduction of Hela. Um, you know, we, we touched upon integrating the, the Planet Hulk storyline into it. Um, I love the, the, the banter between Loki and Thor, and they would have those moments in the comics. They would have where they were at each other's throats, and they would have where they were grudgingly work together. Uh, sure. So I, I liked that, and because Loki was always good at kind of walking the line, because a lot of times he wasn't just a straight up villain. A lot of times he was the villain of that issue or that storyline, but he wasn't always mm-hmm. just a straight up villain. You know, like so. I, I got to okay. tell you what I liked. You know who blew me away? Clay Plankton. Yes. Holy. You know what? I uh, So just so you know, I also have another movie podcast called The Hidden Gems Movie Podcast. It's on Anchor 2. And we did a movie there called <laughs> – I can't remember it off the top of my head now. But it's one of the movies she, she started. <laughs> What's the name of that movie? Damn, I have to, to go look that stupid movie up. Oh, it is called – Just put, whatever. put it in the episode anyway. description. <laughs> <laughs> right. She is such a good oh, actress, and when I heard that they casted her, I was kind of like, "Wow, her, Kate Blanchett." You know, she's she doesn't have that. I know she did Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, but and she's so she that's a little bit sci-fi and stuff like that. But I was kind of like skeptical, and then uh, boy, she blew can me I, away. Can I just say one more thing I liked about the movie? Helmet. Yes. I'm not. <laughs> I'm so glad because they wear. Look those talent costumes, they all have those helmets and capes and something like that. Thor had his helmet on for like 0.3 seconds in Thor number one, and he hadn't seen it again right. until this movie. Thor had his helmet. Loki had his helmet. Hela had, Hela had her ha- helmet on more than anybody. And I love those <laughs> antlers. Are you kidding me? He stepped <laughs> out of the comic book. She literally right. stepped right out of that comic book. She was so true to form. Of her design, I loved it. Even Hulk with his big old gladiator helmet. Um, yeah, so right down for helmets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got your helmets, but I, I like Kate. Yeah, she's a Kate great actress. She was, she was seductive. She was strong. Yeah. She was powerful. You know, like I think one of the criticisms of Marvel movies is they didn't have legitimate yeah. bad guys. This one, she did well with this one. She was a yeah. legitimate bad guy. And one. and here's the thing, they're getting better at that now too with bad guys. Um. If oh, you look right, at yeah. if you look at the vulture, yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was a great. Right. Uh, well, and, and I think a, a lot of the strength of that is Michael Keaton because man's just an awesome right. actor. So you look at how oh, he's uh, awesome. You look at vulture, yeah. um, Loki was always, I think, a strong villain. Um, right. Is that all we got? Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's all we're working with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, she was. She was. Uh, a... I like the fact that, she, you know, you know, when you have characters like Hulk and Thor, I mean, it's tough to make movies because you have to have someone that is equal or stronger than these guys are because they're powerhouses. This is probably the reason why you couldn't have them in Civil War because they're just right. too strong. You know? And so you have, you know, her come in 
And she was a legitimate, you know, toe-to-toe, fighting toe-to-toe with Thor, which is not an easy thing to do. And she was fantastic in it. And I'll tell you what, and I don't know if this is why they did it, but in the comics, she's not related to them. But I think making making her sister, I think, takes... You can assume a lot of things and take away some of the exposition. So her being part of the family, I understand right away her power levels. I'm not questioning them. Especially, especially right. Okay, old. I got you. I mean, we, yeah. we both have older siblings, so you know when you're older, right. you, you, you know you're usually the, the stronger one in, in regards to a lot of different things. Um, so her power level, the fact that she she fought alongside Odin at first, and and how, was you know I believe she said Mjolnir, Mjolnir whatever the hammer, Mjolnir, Mjolnir, yeah, Mjolnir was hers first. Was right? hers. So that yeah. explains it. And the funny thing is, this is my my freaking comic geeky brain. So the scene where she stops it, right, and is holding it, I'm like, yeah. first one is like, well, they're kind of getting around. There's no way she's worth. Yeah, is she worth. Then I'm like, you know what? She's not holding it. She's just stopping it from moving forward. <laughs> so like, I rationalized it in okay. my brain. I'm like, and then she crushed it. I'm like, oh, okay, they made it work. There you go. Oh, the movie she was in was called The Gift. That's the one I, the gift? I feel like I've seen that, but. Look at uh, yeah, Sam Raimi did anyway. Yeah, no, I thought she was awesome. Totally yeah. fantastic. Totally fantastic. She 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 made that movie good for and me. You got to look at the. I mean, you got Anthony Hopkins in there. Um, right. Matt yeah, Damon. I was gonna say, did you did you know everybody that was <laughs> part of the play? Like no, I, I I it was until later I realized it was Sam Neill Sam was Neal playing. Was and, That's crazy. And then uh, Helmsworth's brother, yeah, the, the one that's not. David Miley Cyrus, the other one. Uh, there's like three Hemsworths because <laughs> that's fair that three guys can look like that in the world. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was pretty funny. But again, but see, as funny as that was, all I kept thinking was Matt Damon. And that kind of pulls me out of it. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah I thought it was pretty funny. Like, like, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we got Matt Damon in the Marvel. And University. can I tell you, I loved how. They finally gave Idris Elba something to do. How, dude, I like him That's, a lot. This I is like another criticism I have of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're taking what? these great actors and giving them these, like, I don't know, like, secondary roles. Like, Idris Elba, and I love Chatworth Boseman, but why is he? why was he not, like, a a candidate for Black Panther or something, or any any he's too old. He's too, he's too old. old. He's too old. No, he was. He was. But that's the thing. He's too excellent old. Time, too though. old for black. Excellent. And all right, maybe not Black Panther, but he. he there's got to be a, a a major hero role he could have played. You know. Yeah, he, it's called Heimdall. Yeah, yeah because Heimdall's okay. a major. Did you know Heimdall existed before Thor one? Liar. Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. All right. You have anything else to say about um, this movie? It's good. Go see it. The action's great. The directing's great. The comedy's great. Uh, oh, I'm glad I forgot that action. Okay, that's another thing I like about this movie. I think this is the first time you really see Thor unload. Yeah. yeah. Am I right? Yeah. This is the Thor that I, I've been waiting for. This is the this is the Thor that that people should be fearing. Like in the world, like he is truly right. a badass, truly, and he really showed in this movie, which he didn't really get, 
you know, Thor 1, Thor 2. This is the, the moment where, like, okay, this guy is one of the powerhouses. Right. right. The closest yeah. we got was him fighting Hulk in Avengers. Um, right. And, th- and that's and, it. And, that's and I think that's why these, well, I think it's one of the reasons they put that scene in there so you can see really how strong these two guys are and what power they possess. But right. yeah, you said it earlier um, about there being villains that can stand up to these guys and Thor, yeah, he, he cuts loose, man. Uh, can yeah. I say I love Surtur? Very true to the comic book. Um, right. Oh, what else do I want to say? Um, yeah, I, well, that whole opening scene was great. I loved how they integrated that into the storyline. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, it, it was just a good movie, man. And it's. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a grading that I do on the hidden jazz movie podcast. Not really a rating of what you thought of the movie, saw thought of the movie, but more of what would you give it? Rewatchability factor. One out of 10, 10 is, yeah, it's, it's a must rewatch, you know? One, all right, it was great once. I'm good. What, what would you give it rewatchability factor? Well, I'm definitely going to watch it again. So uh, I would give it a, a, a nine because I'm a contrarian. I don't like to give tens. <laughs> Wait, are you saying rewatching the movie theater or, or like you can get it on DVD or Blu ray? Well, I'm going to rewatch it in the movie theater, but I have Movie Pass. So it's. Uh, okay, yeah, so I you already, can. I'm already booked every day. I'm on a. Uh, I'm on a break in, for Christmas to see uh, Star Wars. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I would give it. I agree. I, I give it a, a strong nine. This is one movie where I think I definitely want a second rewatch because I. I mean, no, oh, I know I missed some details in there because you know, first watch you're just kind of kind of right. going for the ride. Second watching, it's like I want to see the bits and pieces because you know Marvel does that. They do the hell of that about driving these. Little, little, teeny, tiny bits of, of info that just kind of fly over your head because you're just in the experience oh. of the movie. So that rewatchability movie theater, that's pretty high. And yeah, if, if it comes on Netflix or whatever, this is a movie I think I'm going to enjoy watching Absolutely. over and over again because there's just lots of fun things. It's a family-friendly movie, you know, and I, I'm all, I'm right, all this for This is that. what I wanted to bring up, and I, you and I never talked about this before. I just thought about it, but. Real quick, your top three Stan Lee moments in, in the Marvel movies. Because he, he had a pretty good one in this one, I thought. He had a good one in this one. Top three. All right. Oh, my God. Dude, you should have probably nah, this one before the one. All right. So off the cuff, man. All right. The one in the Thor movie, that was, that's up there. Oh, do I want to say Civil War? Uh, he had a good line in that one. Oh, okay. I, I think I enjoyed the one. I think it was, ooh, I, this could be Fantastic Four, where he he plays their. It's not their. It's their Mail, their, their door mailman. guy. Their mailman yes. was the mailman. I remember. I thought that was pretty nice. Yes, that was Fantastic Four. That was the and, first one. All right, maybe that one, and maybe when Iron Man mistakes him for okay. Hugh Hefner. I thought that was pretty pretty clever. Uh, yeah, top of my head. Those. All right. I years. liked. Uh, I liked his his turn in uh, Homecoming when he's yelling when he's yelling at Homecoming. The window. <laughs> um, I <laughs> okay, like. I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is probably my favorite. Avengers two when he's the World War two vet and he's drink and he was like. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, this wasn't made for mere mortals, and he goes, "Well, neither was Omaha Beach." Yeah, like, okay, give me some blondie, and then you drag him out, and he says, right. "Excelsior." 
And then, right. um, uh-huh. uh, I want to say, was he in Civil War? Civil War, was he in Civil War? And does not ring a bell. No, he was, I don't, you know what, I don't know, he wasn't in, I don't know that he was in Winter Soldier either. He was, he was in the first cap. Oh yeah, he was in, because he's in, in Winter Soldier, he was, he was the security guard. That's the one I like. He's like, I'm so fired after the cost after. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, that was cute. Oh, no, wait, that, that was the end credit. But yeah. yeah, so I would say those three off the top of my head. Um, Guardians. Okay. What was he in Guardians 2? Guardians 1. He... he was like on the bridge talking to some well, lady while, one. while Carlo was stealing. Oh, yeah. oh Guardians 2. Uh... Oh, he was the Watcher. Ugh. He was with the the watcher oh that's right, yeah, right i would have right, liked yeah. that but i think they overplayed it does that make sense yeah 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 um but it was a nice nod to all the fan theories that he's actually a watcher that's why he pops up in all these movies but i was yeah all right cool so this is our podcast this is podcast number one it, hopefully you like what you listen to and hopefully jonathan and i can do this on a weekly basis give a call in give suggestions you know, we want to talk about, you know, lots of pop culture stuff. We want to go into some Absolutely. 80s cartoons and toys and, and some uh, – what was the thing you were talking about earlier, today? You want to oh, talk the, about? Oh, um, uh, I collect the Funko Pops. And if uh, – Funko Pops, you are – They know what they are. Yeah. So. It, that's a podcast I really want to do with you because I think you're insane. And I, want, I just want to, like, analyze your brain no, on that one. You'll so. be afraid of what you'll find. <laughs> and, and I agree with you. I am – I think that would be a good I, I show. I'm insane, too, when it comes to these things. Um, right. Because I don't think the listeners will right, truly then. understand when I say I have a collection of them what that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 quite frightening. So it's definitely le- uh, worth a listen yeah. to. I think. Oh, hey man! All right, we're done. All right. Talk All to right. you next time. Bye bye.